They've blessed so many people to the point that we have artists that have actually tattooed our logo on themselves. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's Shut insane. your mouth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so. You is know. there any higher, like, is there any higher compliment than for right. somebody to actually tattoo your logo or name? Right. That's a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you're changing our life. Damani. It's not going to happen. Damani, Christmas is it's coming. Not. Um, yeah. If you really want to show your appreciation for me being in your life, I don't. Though. I'm going to send you a few designs. So, no, 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 but, but here's the thing: I, I don't want to show my appreciation. I want to make sure you just no, haven't seen the right design trying, of my face. I'm actively trying to rid you from my life on your ass for cheek. Eight years. <laughs> like, yeah. The, yes. The you right. Know what, cheek. I'll, right. I'll help you design it. Yeah. I'll help you design it. You can pick where it goes on Devontae's body. Um, I think we got my thing. man. Yeah, <laughs> we got a thing. Damani, don't look. A, there's no. There's don't no thing. Look there's not a thing. A gift horse in the mouth. Talking about Christmas things and David. This is Byron Sanders, president and CEO of Big Thought, and this is Damani Daniel, chief imaginator at the Event Nerd. Welcome to Casually Creative conversations about everyday creativity and nerdiness. bring us in because this is a very special uh episode of the casually creative and uh we have a guest on today and i'm not counting damani because you're not really a guest in your own house you didn't introduce yourself you just went no give me a second give me a second don't worry about it don't worry about it can you just be in the in the in the like he over here backseat driving chill out not backseat it's like side seat at best chill out you're in that little tiny car next to the motorcycle um, it's, it's called the sidecar. By the is way. that what? Is that all it's called? Yeah, There's it's no actually, more. It's just called the side. No, that's it's just called the sidecar. Dang, they they should they they were sleeping on that one, and they should have done better. <laughs> um, this is Byron Sanders, <laughs> one of the co-hosts of your uh, favorite podcast, Casually Creative, where we talk about all the things that are creative that people are like, oh, I didn't really know creativity was showing up that way. Boom, plat out. Curse splat. Uh, it shows Kablooey. up. Yeah. And I'm using a lot of uh, onomatopoeias that you will see show up in um, comics. Um, and it's very appropriate today because we have a very special guest on with us here today. In addition to our own co-host, Jay Damani Daniel, Tidai, it's me, Jay Damani, that's me. And we have today with us, David Rodriguez. David Rodriguez, welcome to this special edition of Casually Creative. What's going on, man? AKA Dr. Gorilla. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. It's good to be on. Which, you know, by the way, man, I'm you can always uh, you can always reinvent, re- resell, rebrand, you know, sidecars. You know, people do that all the time. That's right. Just take a normal thing and call it something different. And now people want to buy it. So <laughs> what are you going to rename it, Byron? Uh, what am I going to rename it? I'm going to call yes. it the kangaroo stroller. Uh, I'm going to call it. Let's hey, let's, let's workshop that. I'm going to call it the, uh, 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 <laughs> I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it the half mech. It's good. Like we've got that. It's a good starting place. A good, a good jumping off point. I'm trying to use all those, uh, those, yeah. those cliche. No, I hear uh, I'm gonna call it the Roach. Because the <laughs> Roach <laughs> doesn't it look like a Roach. It does. It kind of looks. I like mean, it, you're not wrong. I, yeah. I, I think if we're trying to go for things that sell better, I don't know if calling something the Roach <laughs> is necessarily going to net you positive gains. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's a very, it's a very specific niche market. That's right. Which, it is. The, the, okay, why, why are we still talking about sidecars and motorcycles? Why, why, why are we doing this? Who knows? Who knows? It's hard to say. <laughs> but listen, uh, the reason, the reason why we are doing a very special episode today of Casually Creative, 
is because uh, something big just happened here in our hometown of Dallas. We talk with folks from all over the world. Um, uh, so far, we've talked with folks who hail from uh, Iran, uh, from Germany, from uh, I'm just using all the places Yassi's from. Like <laughs> we had one guest on who's lived in a lot of different places. I was just gonna run down everything that she's everywhere that she's lived. Yeah, I, I have been to Canada and uh, and Spain. I have. I am familiar with Mexico. I went a couple there times. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Zimbabwe as well. But what is true is we have listeners all over the world. That is absolutely accurate. And um, but in here in our own hometown of Dallas, Texas, in the South, in Texas, um, something special just happened in the West Dallas community um, here in Dallas. So I I, I want to contextualize this just a little bit. Uh, so folks understand just what 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 the heck just happened. So West Dallas is an area um, that has a lot of rich history. Um, yeah. um, it was initially a uh, mostly black community. Very quickly, it became a uh, largely Hispanic community. Um, and over the years, I mean, to the point where today, I, I would say the the most dominant um, demographic there are, are people of Latinx. Um, association and and it's it, it just has its own flavor. It's got its own feel. It's on the other side of the Trinity River. Uh, it's also one of those areas that's been disinvested in um, for a long time. It's been uh, treated with um, I think the amount of care that you would expect to be treated for an area that was predominantly uh, designed and um, originated to, to be a place where workers would go, right? Where um, yeah. manufacturing and um, um, all the places that, that folks who had money didn't want to put their houses next to, right? Um, but from that origin, a rich, beautiful uh, cultural tapestry sprung forward. Um, but also today, um, people are recognizing that you know, it it is good land. It's right next to the river. Uh, it's actually yeah. dealing with a uh, trying to hold off a, a lot of gentrification, right? So it's this really interesting mix of uh, that that adolescent period um, of a community where you're trying to decide which way are we going to go, right? There could be complete and total erasure, or there could be something different. And different uh, in the Dallas way is something that I think would be absolutely welcome, would embrace equity, would acknowledge that there's that beauty of the people who live there and their stories that need to be told to the folks who are currently there, not just the ones that we're trying to bring in. Um, so when I, when, I, when, I, when I paint that backdrop, that's why I'm so proud of these two guys right here. I know them both, worked with them both in a lot of different places, a lot of different ways, but uh, something big called Tinsel, Dallas just happened. And without any further ado, I'm going to turn it over to uh, Damani and David for you guys to just describe what it is. We're going to get into the origin here, but what was Tinsel Dallas that just happened these last two days in the past weekend? What's up? Uh, so Tinsel was ultimately an opportunity to celebrate the kind of rich, creative, both history and present of West Dallas. Um, West Dallas is a place that Heather and I have found ourselves. We planted our flag, the Daniel flag here in West Dallas. And it's got some of the most beautiful artisans and artists that live within walking distance of both each other and quite frankly, of the house that, that we've now bought. And in the heart of all of that is, is an area called Fabrication Yard. And the, even the name speaks to what the neighborhood was all about, fabrication. It's an industrial area. I quite frankly don't even know what it used to be. Yeah. What I know is that 11 years ago or so, the city approached the owner, a gentleman by the name of Butch McGregor, and said, um, we have some folks that are graffiti artists who are continually getting into, quote, trouble. Some might say the good kind. Yeah. And need a place to express their nationally and internationally recognized art form. And he was like, well, I'm not doing anything with the land anyway. Go for it. 
And so Fabrication Yard became and is to this day Dallas's only legal graffiti park. Okay. So seeing that, you got these 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 artists who had these studios, these artisan studios surrounding Fabrication Yard. You've got these graffiti murals, these um, amazing, amazing murals that are in Fabrication Yard. But that is surrounded by brand new apartments. Mm-hmm. And people who have lived in their homes for 50 years. Right. All of that is right there. So Tinsel was a way to celebrate and bring all of that together. At its core, uh, we commissioned 12 20-foot murals representing each of the 12 days of Christmas. And then took projection lights and lasers and made those murals come alive. So that's what it was on the surface. But going a step deeper, it was an opportunity to really showcase the uniqueness of what happens when so many different cultures, so many different communities converge in what we know uh, to be West Dallas. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> um, you're, you're starting to get a visual of this, right? So you got, you got indus- an industrial park. So the, the, you know, the 10 uh, walled buildings that have something that gets made in there, whether it's textiles or, you, you know, there's a lot of iron going on around here, a lot of metal, right? Um, and, 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 you know, right across the street from some homes that are um, in some of them in, in disrepair, others, you know, certainly could use a use a little bit of help. Um, and then you also have, you know, within eyesight, some really new fancy uh, multifamily spots, um, which is, you know, this is kind of emblematic of, of the story that's being told about a lot of communities across the country that are going through these same things right so what 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 is apparent to me is that um there was an opportunity and an opportunity that sprung out of the brainchild of these couple of guys right here i'm really interested in knowing though why this and why this way what 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 was that all about? Uh, so I'll speak to the idea, then I'll let David speak to why he said yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I jokingly but quite seriously say that the why behind this is because we freaking deserve it. And by we, I don't mean the event nerd. I don't. I, I mean nothing other than we, the city of Dallas, and this community of folks. Twenty twenty has sucked. Like this, I mean, it just has. Yeah, and. Um, to, you know, to quote the great uh, philosopher, um, Liam Neeson, uh, I had a particular set of skills and David had a particular set of skills and we had friends who had particular sets of skills who weren't, because of the pandemic, using those skills to bring joy. Right. And something that I believe, and I think I even said to David, it's my belief that people who can provide moments of joy should. And we had an opportunity to. Uh, so call David roughly three and a half weeks before we did the thing and said, here's an idea. And then I don't know. Why'd you say yes, David? Man. Uh, well, normally when, uh, when Damani calls with a crazy idea, I usually just say yes, regardless of it. You know, yeah. it's a good idea to just go ahead and say yes. But um, honestly, for an opportunity to uh, enlist so many creatives, uh, different forms uh, and to do something that, hasn't been experienced as of yet within Dallas. I mean, I'm, I always look for those opportunities and everything that Damani was saying, I, I continually kept on saying yes, yes, yes. And just was waiting for the final question. So are you in? Of course. Yes. You know? And so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, again, you know, for what Damani had said is like, we were there's not a lot going on, but that opportunity to do something where you can bless your community with the raw natural talents that have been given to you um, and do something that brings a smile uh, to so many faces. I, in, yeah. in the midst of it, I was realizing how many people basically invited us into their family holiday, holiday uh, memories. You know, we, we, we created something that they decided we want you to be part of our memories, you know, and I was like, I was just blown away by that. It was a beautiful thing. So, yeah, you know, got to say true, yes. man. Uh, in a time, 
in, in a time where, where memories <laughs> matter more than, than they've ever had in a time where like my excitement sometimes is going to check the mail. I'm like, Oh snap. <laughs> I just got a arrived message from shop. Mm-hmm. It says it's delivered guys. Let's go downstairs. Um, Everybody's group trip. Yeah. Mask up. Ma- no, over your nose, over your nose, over your nose, over your nose. Um, but like in a, in a world where where that's our reality right now, what you guys did, uh, I would say, went beyond. Um, I'm gonna say it probably went even beyond your own expectations. And and before we go deeper into the experience itself, I do want to talk a little bit about those particular set of skills. Um, Damani, we talk about you all the time. Um, and so we kind of know where you come from. We've done a podcast on your story and your background. David, that is not the same for you, sir. Let's hear about where the gorilla came from. What's up? <laughs> well, uh, I've always been an artist. Uh, always. Uh, I, I originally, like you mentioned, had a great passion in comic books. And uh, I, I had been doodling cartoons forever. Once I found comic books, that was my language. That's what I, what I wanted to speak. And so, uh, you know, did that for a time. My dad was not so happy I was getting into comic books. So uh, he decided to get me into fine arts. And eventually, uh, through time, I ended up blending those two formats together of uh, storytelling illustration with the fine arts. Uh, and so, Got you, Dad. Aha! You put me away. That's right. That's right. I, I, I'm interested to know. So it's it's interesting that you said that you know you were gotten you got into comic books and your dad wasn't too happy about you being in the comic books because usually the way that story plays itself out is my dad and my mom didn't like me being in the comic books so they said go pick up a violin or a math book boy um, go and throw this ball around outside boy right go go kick rocks or do something <laughs> none of this arts foolishness so why do you think it was that your dad still it, it wasn't that he didn't like the arts that it was some hippy dippy nonsense he just didn't like that expression of the arts why do you think that was well this is um early mid 80s and uh, he's the he's the crazy person who introduced me to the comic books uh co-worker of him gave him the comic books said hey i think your kid might like it he hands them to me uh i my eyes light up and I'm just all about it. Then he decides, wait a second, I should take a look at this. And in opening it up, this is Marvel Comics in the midst of the Inferno series, which happens to be a storyline about uh, the gates of hell being opened up and a horde of demons <laughs> enter oh. into the city. And, uh, you know, we are... What have I done? <laughs> We are a faith-driven family, and yeah, he was like, "No, <laughs> too late." <laughs> I welcome them into my home. Yeah, sorry. So, to- oh, and this is in the middle of the satanic panic, like in the eighties, where everybody's worried yeah. about Dungeons and Dragons and um, and Lindsay Board. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. And so that was consuming all the youth at the time and so yeah, yeah. so yeah so I, I got into that and uh, it eventually translated into me becoming an expressionist artist uh, I became uh, fascinated with wanting to tell a story with my artwork and having the audience respond to that whether it was a positive or negative response as long as they responded that was that was the goal you know and if they could hear my voice clearly enough, to have a, a mental com- conversation about it, you know? And so, so yeah, so I just explored that. And uh, eventually to get to uh, my, my handle, Dr. Gorilla, uh, I love collaboration. Uh, eventually collaborated with an artist whose handle was uh, Gorilla uh, occasionally. And, uh, and we decided to create a, a simple ca- cartoon strip. Yeah, gorilla or Gorilla occasionally? Well, no, no he, occasionally that would be that, that would be kind of cool. Uh, no, no, he occasionally used his handle gorilla, and uh, I, you know we we paired up and it became Doctor Gorilla. Doctor on my end for my initials, David Rodriguez, Dr. And uh, his his handle gorilla, and that was a very very short run. We did just a couple of quick little comic strips, but. 
the name clearly encapsulated what I always wanted to be about, which was collaboration. Yeah. Uh, Any time to pair up with somebody else who has different skills uh, and they and that they are equally or better at those skills than I am, uh, you know, on whatever it is that they're doing, you can create so much more when there's two or more, you know, together uh, on a thing rather than yourself. And so I look for those opportunities. And that's, again, answering your question once again, when Damani says, hey, you want to do a thing, dude, I'm, I'm down. I, I want to build something that I know I can't do or you can't do by yourself. You know, so one of the things that that uh, is is very clear, just given a little bit more background about um, uh, David and his work, <clears throat> um, you know, David is a is a phenomenal artist in and of himself. Like he he creates these beautiful works of art um, that are sometimes psychedelic. They are uh, they're 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 just amazing. Multiple disciplines, by the way, right? A lot of different mediums. Uh, I always want to say mediums because media, everybody's like, oh, you mean like TV? No, just, di- just it's a different. It's, but it's, so it's a plural of medium in this regard, medium still, or is it mediums? It's media, usually. It's, no, but no. Mediums? But not, Can we say I mean, that? Yeah. Well, I don't think an S on the end. And I think medium well, is okay. I We're think gonna test this out. We're going to see if my uh, high school English teacher, Heather yeah. Ardover, yeah. Uh, is still listening to the podcast. If you are, would you please text me and tell me if it's medium, media, or mediums? Yeah, let's figure that out. Let's figure that out. Yeah. Nail it once and for all. So <clears throat> um, so you, you do that by yourself, and the, the work is amazing. I've seen multiple pieces. Um, but but it, it does seem like your superpower is what you just said. It's that collaborative thing it's the way that you are able to stitch together um um other people's superpowers to make something that's greater than the sum of its parts and uh i see that happen over and over and over again so much so that everybody knows you as that person because here's the thing damani had this idea and i remember when he was telling me about the idea your name had not yet come up uh he's like i got this idea and he told me about it and i was like that sounds fun. I couldn't see it, of course, because <laughs> I am me and he is he. And I'm like, sure. You want to spend your time doing that over the holidays? I'm resting, right? Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Uh, sounds fun. Go for it. I'm, I support you. But kind of like when your grandmama says that she supports you, like, yes, baby. That's, that's, oh, baby. that's so good. That's good. That's where I was. <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to rock with my guy, but I didn't see it. But he knew he's going to have to call somebody. And the next person that he called was you. Uh, I've seen that happen with a lot of other artists because folks know that you're one of those rare people who is both an executor as well as a creative and can bring all of that stuff together. Um, some people would would also say that you are the um, creative whisperer because uh, it, it's so funny. You're like that. You're like that superhero who's able to um, uh, teleport between dimensions. Like you can go and exist in the uh, speed zone and then come back to, you know, our normal reality. And you understood what happened in both. And uh, and then you are able to be an effective translator. Where, where does that come from? What, what's that? What's that thing all about? Uh, well, you know, so that is my uh, my blessing and curse at the same time. <laughs> it's a, it's <laughs> right? a, yeah, I mean, it's an immense amount of patience and a willingness to both listen and, you know, just understand how to best communicate. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I've just kind of always been the character of the mediator. Uh, and so with that, uh, been able to uh, have so many different conversations with uh, X amount of uh, amazing, talented, creative um, artists. And then within those conversations, understand where they're coming from, what they would like to, uh, you know, how they would like to progress with their uh, artistry and where, you know, how, how I might be able to help them in that journey. Uh, in those conversations, I'm able to just be that that confidant and somebody that, you know, when I come up to them and say, hey, I got this crazy show that's happening in like two weeks. Uh, I think you're perfect for it. 
usually they say yes, uh, you know, because we already yeah. have that great relationship, you know. And it's, again, just having that opportunity to, to uh, listen to them first. You know, it's not always about, you know, what can I get from these people? It's how can I give to yeah. these people, you know, and I look for those opportunities in which I can, you know. So, yeah, so it, yeah. it's great. Uh, it, it causes me some heartache because <laughs> I have to deal with a lot uh, with that. But uh, I'm, I'm very thankful yeah. for a lot, a lot of folks' uh, trust and their, uh, their willingness to uh, communicate with me. Well, I think Byron hit the nail on the head. Like, what's, I mean, that's the reason that David was the next call for me was for that reason, was for the, 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 the wrangling, whispering element, the fact that, you know, when it came down to executing the show, David was responsible for making sure that the artist showed up and he could help to some degree in a way that I never could. Uh, but even beyond that, that if it came down to it, like he was prepared. He's like, all right, if, if an artist doesn't show up, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to figure out how to make a mural. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to do it. So it's this, it's this balance that gets, that gets provided. I also think that part of it is interesting that uh, someone said to me in talking about you, that you're not afraid to ask questions about things that you don't know. Mm. Uh, which I think is not often found in, in anyone. Uh, why do you think that is? Like, why are you kind of unashamedly and unabashedly willing to say, uh, I don't know, tell me about what that is? Right. Well, I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm never going to be off this journey of learning, basically, and being willing to be silent and let others, you know, teach you you know, what they've learned over the years, you know? And so, um, you know, rather than kind of, I, I do my share of fake it till you make it, but it's a better path if you just simply say, I don't know what you're talking about. And I would love to learn. Uh, I will be silent now and yeah. you can speak, you know? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so um, I mean, it's been all along my journey that uh, I've, when I was, you know, selling shoes at Saxon Avenue and clothing at, you know, Nordstrom, it, I wasn't doing the things that I knew I was meant to be doing. And so I knew I needed to start talking to people and asking people, hey, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. Do you know of anybody who can use my skills? And eventually somebody gave me the right answer, you know. And when I, when I found that, that's exactly the direction that I knew I needed to run. And, you know, I've learned actually, even from a young age, I always knew that I could ask a question just to challenge the norm and see if there was a better answer out there. You know, uh, in high school, uh, the art class that I took, I knew the teacher said, you have to create these pieces and these mediums and this subject. And I quickly went to her and said, do I have to do those subjects? Do I have to do those mediums? You know, uh, and uh, she didn't have a student questioning that before. It's like, I always tell them what to do and they just do it. And I said, well, if, if I can choose the subject and, and you choose the medium, can I still get the appropriate grades for what I'm looking for, for what I need? And she's like, sure, yeah. And like, well, this is what I want to do with my skills. You know, this, if you're cool, then I'm cool. And so it's part of that. Uh, Were you afraid in that, in that conversation? I mean, like, did, did you have to get over the fear of, you know, going up to the teacher saying, hey, I, here's another idea. And then, you know, dealing with the, boy, sit down. Ain't nobody asked you to get up here. Yeah. Did you raise your hand? No, no. You know, yeah. like you know, because that's not that's not normal. That's not what most people do whenever giving. Yeah. Wait, how old were you? Well, this is high school, so I don't know, seventeen, yeah. uh, eighteen, and so uh, yeah, it's a mixture of being okay with a no and stupidity. So, <laughs> so uh, at least. And, and that youthfulness of just going out and just trying something because you don't know, yeah. you, you're not hurt as of yet from all the rejections or whatever. Yeah. You know? So you go for it. And I, I carried that through into uh, math. I was great at math uh, in high school. And, and I told the teacher, I'm, to be honest, bored in your class. And so I would like to draw. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> I didn't quite say it like that. 
but that's just a condensed version of it. But, but the teachers agreed that as long as I passed every test, turned in every homework, and I answered correctly when called upon, I could draw in his class. And I did. Say that's that's the um, that's a good teacher, right? Like kudos to that educator because they recognized that one, they had this kid who definitely didn't fit in a mold. But honestly, who does? You know, if we're really really and what is this mold? Who created it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You just had the temerity to challenge the mold, and that teacher responded, which is fantastic. Right. Right. Well, you know, there's a word in that, Damani. There's a word. It's true story. Having that insight, so David, yeah, having that insight to ask the question. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you, what made you make the decision to move from it being kind of a hobby, if you will, something that you did to pass the time or to help you focus, uh, to moving it to, I'm going to be a professional artist. That's the thing that I'm going to do with my life. Here I go. Well, well strangely, like I always... I always knew I was going to be an artist. I, I actually, so I could say like my earliest memory was like uh, five or six years old. I was in kindergarten or first grade or something like that. And, you know, the teacher went around and asked Susie what she was drawing and Billy what he was drawing. And when she came to me, she didn't ask. She commented. And I immediately understood, oh, I got a, I got an ability. And I assumed that everybody mm-hmm. else at five years old knew what the heck they were going to be as an adult, you know, because of that. Um, yeah. And so yeah. I was, so she wasn't asking I mean, out of curiosity. She's like, I literally don't know what that is. I need you to tell <laughs> me. Uh, you know. is, is that a lion yeah. or a pickle? <laughs> you know, and, and the, ki- yes. the kids in this, in the classroom, <laughs> the kids in the classroom picked up at it uh, on it as well. And they started to ask me to, to do illustrations and stuff. So, so with that, understanding I always knew I wanted to be an artist and do something with that but I didn't know how to get into it you know and so I did the regular jobs Um, I was good at sales which again meant that I was good at listening and responding appropriately and trying to meet uh, people's needs you know Um, but uh, thankfully with the encouragement of my wife she said you need to do something with this and you need to get into school and, uh, you know, figure out how you can make, make a thing out of it. And so I went into a community college, uh, was going for my uh, graphic designer certificate. One class away, I ended uh-huh. up finding uh, a consulting firm, um, uh, a Dallas-based consulting firm that would hire me to, uh, to get into business and uh, illustrate as a, as a living. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm sold. This is where I need to be. And so... Uh, Dope. You know, through, through those avenues, I, I met with Michael Lagaki, who taught me that that business yep. there. He's also the artist who I referred to earlier, who had the handle of Gorilla, you know, so he and I did a thing together. Then, you know, that blew out into Art Love Magic, which was a not-for-profit that we created together, uh, along with a third person, uh, Justin Nygren. So it's just, you know, constantly being aware of opportunities, constantly you know, asking folks, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in a thing. Do you know of anybody who's doing that? You know, so just, Art Love Magic, what was the, yeah. let's back up there, because that's a little bit part of your origin story as well. So um, what was the kind of mission? The three of you sat in whatever rooms. Uh, remember those days when you used to be able to sit in rooms together? No, yeah. I, I only exist in this closet. <laughs> I've always believed that, actually. Okay. Uh, but what was, what was ALM, Art Love Magic? And why was it? Yeah, Art Love Magic, uh, 2006, I think we had a conversation. Uh, Michael Lagaki had uh, stepped away from that that company that I was mentioning about, the uh, consulting firm, came to me and said, hey, I got an idea. Um, And it's based on the fact that you and I both know a collection of artists, uh, a network of artists who are not living within their passion." They're not doing the thing that you and I get the blessing to do, you know, Um, and we need to create something that gives them a platform to shine. Um, And I was like, cool, that sounds good. Tell me more. And we we had a conversation over a couple of drinks uh, and uh, we 
So usually when an idea is given to me, I try and figure out how do I break the, the frame of that picture and make it bigger? So I started to, because Michael was, I believe, mentioning first a uh, visual artist. I said, but we can use musicians mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and poets and photographers and everybody else in the arts. Uh, you know, and so by the end of that, that uh, wonderfully drunk conversation that we had, um, I realized... <laughs> I realized that we needed a third person, actually. We needed uh, Justin Nygren. Justin, at the time, was the only person who I knew who had actually delivered uh, events that looked something similar to what we were talking about. And so I invited him in, and uh, we we decided to create Art Love Magic. Uh, Michael had the name from the beginning, and uh, he actually just made a squiggle of a heart and in this little doodle and we were like that's the logo right there and you know like what it's yeah that's more. it that's what we need to do <laughs> yeah you know and so yeah boom it just happened and thankfully i mean they're still they're still running around i i stepped out of the organization for a time uh but uh you know they've blessed so many people to the point that we have artists that have actually tattooed our logo on themselves. I mean, that's, that's Shut insane. your mouth. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? So you is know. there any higher, like, is there any higher compliment than for wow. somebody to actually tattoo your logo or name? Right. That's a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you're changing a life. Damani. It's not going to happen. Damani Christmas is it's coming. Not. Um, yeah. If you really want to show your appreciation for me being in your life, I don't. Though. I'm going to send you a few designs. So, no, 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 but, but here's the thing: I, I don't want to show my appreciation. I want to make sure you just haven't seen the right design of my face. Actively trying to rid you from my life on your ass cheek. Eight years. Like, <laughs> yeah. Eight the, yes. The you right. Know what, cheek, I'll, right I'll, I'll help you design it. Yeah. I'll help you design it. You can pick where it goes on Devante's body. Um, I think we got my thing. man. Yeah, we got a thing. Damani, don't look. A, there's no. There's don't no thing. Look a, a, thing. a gift let's go, horse let's in go the back mouth. Talking about Christmas things and David. Okay, let's go back to talk about Christmas things and David. Okay. Okay. All right. So, okay, so, so David, um, who will be designing Damani's butt cheek tattoo of my face, um, comes together with Damani, who's whose face will have my whose cheek will have my face on it. They won't though. And they um you guys uh then go out and it's almost kind of like uh the it's it's like the um the uh heist movies, right? You're like <laughs> we're getting the gang life. together. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. but first we're gonna need punch, yeah. right? Honestly, or, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, honestly, it it was it, it was it was uh, so talk to David. Uh, I then reached out to um, to Jeff Case, um, and the re- and Jeff Case is a Dallas-based projection artist, uses lights yeah. and projection to really make some amazing work. And he had come to me probably at the beginning of the pandemic with this idea for this really expansive drive-through experience. Yeah, and I was like, listeners, I think I'm for that. listeners should imagine there's some Ocean's Eleven music playing right now as this whole it's true it's true and uh and so we started talking and then i was like hey i got this idea christmas thing uh he was like wait christmas of this year i was like yes this year so then i called up jeremy biggers who uh, is a a stem and thorn a brilliant brilliant muralist and pitched the same idea to him and i was like hey this idea came to me about a day ago i already got two people on are you on um and yeah that's what exactly what it was it was just it was this this Ocean's Eleven, this Rat Pack, this 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 whole super squad, yeah. super friends, Voltroning of it, uh, where everybody just came together. And I kept saying to David, "Is it this? Is it?" It it kept being easy to pull the things together. <laughs> yeah. Like the people yeah, came together, and people were all like, "Yeah, the the logo." David and I were eating lunch, yeah. and we're talking about a logo, and then he was like, "Like this," and I was like, "Oh yeah, See, oh, yeah." People, sometimes David get on my nerves. He get on my nerves. People be yeah. like, "Oh, you mean like this freaking Michelangelo chiseled masterpiece right. that I just dropped out of my on the back of a napkin?" I'm so angry. 
I was so angry. <laughs> like, yes, that's like, exactly it, actually. That's exactly what I mean. Thanks. And so it just kept falling into place. And it yeah. was like, maybe this is a thing. Okay. So all yeah. of this stuff is coming together. <clears throat> um, and it's it's happening in West Dallas. Um, there was a thing, though, that people were concerned about when they were saying, okay, am I going to do this or am I going to participate in this or not? What was that thing that some of the artists were asking questions about in this instance? Jada Monty Daniel, like, I don't know if I'm going to do this or not because I'm not entirely sure what uh, this is going to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the questions that I got, and, and rightly so, was um, one of the artists said that they didn't know how they felt about doing this because they didn't want to kind of spur on the gentrification. They didn't want to uh, bring a bunch of rich folks from North Dallas uh, or from even further than North Dallas into Dallas to experience the kind of the, the, the West Dallas industrial vibe. Right. They were trying to stem the tide of gentrification. And and it's, it's well heard and, and well said. And, and my response to them was something that I've kind of been sitting with for a while. And honestly, something that I've had conversations with you about, Byron, yep. which was, gentrification is just to a certain degree an immutable force, right? It's happening. Right. Property values are low and people have money. People are going to buy said low priced land. Right. We're in a unique position as those who can shape, create, be a part of culture and joy that we can help to some degree shape what that gentrification looks like. Like I'm naive enough to believe, and I said this to David, I'm naive enough to believe that we can create something that is visually stimulating, overwhelming, appealing, magnificent, that appeals to people from North Texas, North Dallas, but also feels so much like the folks whose community it's living in that they also want to be a part of the experience. Mm. So it was this artist's real concern, valid concern, that the art that we created because it's so often that when you create culture, once culture is created and celebrated, culture is replaced for homogenization. We've seen that in communities all over the country. Yeah. The people that made the communities what it was, the people that made the communities hot and dope and fly and all the things throughout the eons that we've used to describe these communities are the ones that end up not benefiting mm -hmm. from the growth of the community. And that is something that I did not want. I told David, and we both agreed that we did not want yeah. So how do you how do you not do that? Right. Because the 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 natural course of events actually seems like, yo, um, um, cool neighborhood exists, might be a hidden gem or only the people in the community like it. Right. And so they kind of have their own thing. And then you make something hot. And people start talking about it. Then all of a sudden, hey, we just discovered this new right. place. And wow, right. uh, we're going to be an urban pioneer and go down. Right. You start to get these coded language that, you know, hearken um, uh, colonization and, and, and erasure mm -hmm. and threat, honestly, for the people that are there. So yeah. how do you create something that's straight hot fire and something that also is not a, a you know, this this amorphous blob of momentum that comes in and just wipes out an entire community. What, what unique did you guys do in this to make it both of those things? Well, David, you are pretty intentional about the artists that you, that you talked to Jer David, Jeremy and Jeff were all pretty. Yeah. So we, we ended up, uh, so I wanted to work with Jeremy and Jeff to kind of figure out the roster. And we wanted to make sure that they were all, you know, Dallas based local artists, you know, from the, from the neighborhood, um, knew the, yep. knew that particular community itself, you know, the fab yard community itself. Um, and so uh, we all, you know, threw in names, we got up to like 19, 20 names altogether. And then we just refined that down to the 12, you know, uh, and so we, okay. we just want to make sure that it was it was real, you know, and it was it was local, you know, from 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 that spot, um, you know, and and from my end, actually, I the, one of the bigger concerns that I I had were artists going like, is this art going to last the weekend? You know, will it make it to show day? Yeah. You know? Because that space is known for you know artists from all over the place, all over the Metroplex to come by and create their thing, you yeah. know, and yep. who knows if it's there for five minutes or five days, it's up to the community, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so that was a big concern, but it, 
it was it was respected. You know, it was Still a respected up. space, which was dope. Yeah. That was super dope because y'all, I mean, it, there, there was no permit that, uh, you know, got passed. There was no, there was no dibs. Yeah, I understand. Everybody was already painting on this thing. Anyway, Damani, you're good. Uh, he's over here giving me the uh, x and sign. Don't worry. Don't worry. We already paint on this wall. But there's not, you know, it, there was no official uh, commission. You weren't able to just, yeah. you know, use police tape and wall off. Don't paint on this section, right? It actually yeah. had to be an organically, like you said, respected space. Right. But boy, was it respected! So it really let, let's talk a little bit about the the night, right? <clears throat> first <laughs> night. So first of all, yeah, there are no tickets. This is free. Nope. This is a it free is. event. It's an actual drive through event. Right. Socially distant. They're making sure we're still covid uh, friendly, not covid friendly, pandemic friendly. <laughs> Nothing's really covid friendly. Actually, you don't want friendly things to come with. You want to kill it. Um, but it was pandemic friendly. And like you said, you were inserting yourself into a really cool, um, you know, the most wonderful time of the year. And you have all of these people who are doing these really cool things. Right. <clears throat> So you create this experience, you go out and you start talking about it. You make the, uh, mm -hmm. you start putting out some really cool, uh, you know, this is where Damani's skill starts to pop off and he's getting the advertising going, got the videos going, you got all this stuff. So it's going out there and yet, and still you had no idea if any one human being was going to actually yeah, no. give a damn and show up. Yeah, that's the downside of not having tickets, right? <laughs> I mean, we we made this a family affair, right? Yeah. I mean, my 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 two sisters were running our social media, and they did a bad a job they at did. it too. Like they rocked it, so they're running our social media. Um, my wife and uh, Sweet Revel Realty were sponsors and were handing out hot chocolate. My mother showed up to to greet people when they rolled through the like. It, 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 we had all this prep time. And we, you're right. We had no idea if anybody was going to show up. So I was, yeah. you know, a week out, I'm like, we're doing all this, spending this money, doing these things. What if no one hears about it? What if no one comes? What if the media doesn't talk about it? What if, and then that's not what happened. So, so, so here's what did happen, right? So first of all, describe the, describe the scene, describe the scene. What, what, it, what does it actually look like as people pull up? So as you pull up, so it's on, it's off of Sylvan Avenue. Sylvan Avenue is a kind of a cross street, a major cross street uh, in Dallas. It comes right off of I-30, which is a major highway in Dallas. Yeah. And so you're coming down Sylvan, you go underneath this, uh, tra these train tracks, this overpass. And right when you go underneath this overpass, which is always a confusing thing to say, you turn immediately right onto Muncie Avenue. And Muncie Avenue, quite frankly, is a street that many, many people who have driven down Sylvan Avenue have driven right by mm -hmm. because there's nothing about it at all. It is nondescript Absolutely. right next to a billboard that changes out twice a year because no one wants to pay for it. Like, there's nothing about it. But you turned right onto Muncie, and you, to your left, are greeted by a welcome to tinsel sign created lovingly by David in his garage. Uh, of course. Hands on. Um, and then right when you make that corner, you looked up, saw the skyline in the background, and immediately in front of you was something that we affectionately referred to as the laser forest, which was so accurate. hundreds of beams of laser light surrounding you. Um, and it was kind of a, a nod to those LED light tunnels that you drive through, but we did it with pew pew. pew, pew. No, it was so dope. I, 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 one of the coolest pictures I took is as I'm driving up and I'm in my car, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of sitting there waiting to go. I took a picture of the car ahead of me, had the red headlights, but then it, it almost had like laser wings coming out the side of it. It was so fire. So you already know it's about to be lit as you coming in there, uh, pun intended. And stuff. There. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I did it dad joke right there in the middle so you're coming in and you and you're getting ready to go and and 20 foot tall murals what are they 20 by 20 what was yeah. it yeah so they're 20 foot wide 10 foot tall well they're the the smallest one was 10 foot tall some of these artists decided i'm right. just gonna go double double wide tall you know? yeah i got yeah. a i got a ladder and, and i'm gonna use these rungs right like that's what happened yeah. Indeed. So you have 12 of those going down the entire way for the 12 days of Christmas. And each one of these murals is 
representing that artist's take on that day, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. a partridge in a pear tree, you know, all the way to the 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 dancing ladies, the rings, all of that stuff. It was amazing. And so I got to go the day before when I saw it still coming together. And I was already like, wow, this is great. Me and the kids came out. We had some hot chocolate, beer, and all of that stuff. So it was already you starting to feel their vibe. And then I came back. Byron had the beer. Huh? Is it Byron had the beer? I did have the, the beer. The children did not drink. I can mm. uh, I can attest to that. They had hot chocolates. So then I came by the actual day of when it was going and this one i i was I, it was already great right i would have come if it was just the murals alone because the murals alone were some really nice works of art drive through great but the lights the lights essentially animated what was already a beautiful uh, interpretation of this classic christmas song and I mean, you have a Christmas tree and then there's like ribbons of light going around the uh, going around the Christmas tree. You had um, the the four calling birds, one of which all of them had like cell phones. And you're like, oh, I see what they did there. Tweety's calling. Yeah, Big Bird was, was calling. That was yeah, that was pretty good. Right. And you got yeah. the lights making it come alive. Like it was just this amazing, dope, fantastic thing. And I go back home and I'm tweeting about it. I'm not tweeting about it, but I'm posting about it. I post about it on Facebook. I post about it on Instagram. And um, this thing caught like fire. (laughs) There's other people tweeting. There's other people posting. Um, People were saying, hey, how long is it going? You know, so it's like, oh, y'all really talking about going through. What happened the next day? Oh, my gosh. The next day. So, yeah, we got more. I mean, it was insane. I mean, the first, so the first day I thought we were going to maybe get a car, one like one car a minute or something like that. Yeah. Or, and it was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second day, um, yeah. I got to be part of the party of the greeters. And um, uh, I go out there 30 minutes before we open doors. Muncie is an alleyway. It's it's actually supposed to yeah, be a one it's an alleyway. alleyway. Yeah, it's a one car alleyway. There are two very full lines from from our our door um, all the yeah. way up to Sylvan, car to car, bumper to bumper, just waiting to get in. And then it stretches down Sylvan, right, going going south on yep. Sylvan, uh, on the northbound side. Um, and it's just insane. It doesn't stop. And uh, I I. Yeah, I, being part of the greeter, uh, yeah, 45 minute waits. It almost, I don't know if it actually went all the way to, but to I 30, it, it almost hit. I-30. It actually yeah. did oh, go all the way to I 30. Yeah. Okay. I mean, insane, insane. And to folks with a smile told me about that wait. Like they were not upset about that way. And especially when they made that turn onto Muncie. Yeah, and the snow and the lasers. Lasers hit them. Like those, and the kids lit it up. The families yeah. were happy. I mean, yeah. So it was nice. It was, it was, it was, it was bananas. Like we, this, and then it was the snow and the lasers that got them right out the gate. Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. Uh, snow and the lasers. And it was to your point that you've made earlier, David, about being collaboration all of this mm-hmm. was collaboration. Like yeah. you being on as kind of chief collab- chief collaborator amongst us, uh, Jeremy and, and Jeff and Eric. And then just like, it, it was just, the, it, I find myself at a loss for words on occasion. Uh, but like the fact that everyone picked up the phone and said yes to creating this moment yeah. that lived on in people's memories, right? Yeah. That, that, it blew up the next day, so much so that we talk about the lasers. Um, Byron, you came on the first day. Yeah, I did. Right? Yeah. The laser text from Illumination Fireworks, which is yeah. confusing. We've had Jennifer Burns on the podcast before, and she mentioned the fact that they do fireworks and special effects. This is their special effects side. Ah, um, got but it. The, yeah, the laser folks on, on Friday night were so jazzed about the experience, they didn't feel like they had gone over the top Shut up. <laughs> so the next day, I they were like, Demond, have you checked out the lasers? I was like, no, I saw him yesterday. They're like, David was like, no, you need to go back. Yeah. And I came around the corner to the and now and I, I was like, what in the good Sam? <laughs> what? 
like uh, Austin uh, with Illumination Fireworks. Illumination Fireworks just like like just, they slayed S L E I G H. Yeah, the laser gig. That's good. No, no, he full on snap. Then, like, I mean, that see, that's it, right? Like, this is it, it was such an organic, beautiful moment. You guys did a spot on Fox uh, uh, for news the the day before it opened, right? And so, mm-hmm. kind of took that, and that was starting to make its rounds and stuff like that. But it really did take on a life of its own. People being just wanting to feel like they were part of something that was so cool, so new. And um, I, I will tell you that the people who went, who drove through, it almost feels like many of us felt like we had a hand in creating a moment ourselves, right? To 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 go in and not just experience it, but to go and then tell your friends and then tell your, your family and all of that stuff to the point where it became an excursion where the weight was actually part of the experience. You know, mm-hmm. people having a good time is almost like uh, where you're at at Disney or or Six Flags or something like that. You know, you're 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 experiencing each other together uh, while you're in line <laughs> and getting the, the you know the little uh, fans with the mist blowing on you and all of that stuff. Like it was that whole thing. And you guys, so when I said I was proud of y'all, I mean that man. You, I was I was so proud of of seeing what you guys did and and just created out of thin air. It was, it was, it was excellent. Exquisite. Congratulations. I'm still, I'm still getting uh, emails saying like, you sure you're not going to add one more day to Tinsel? Get out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, my back just started feeling better today. Right. I haven't done an event in about a year because oh, of COVID. That's true. Well, not, well, not that side. Not, not outdoor, running around. Yeah, like, no, no. You, these are new muscles, bro. These are new muscles. Mm. These these ones have atrophied. <laughs> yeah. Literally, today was the first day that I woke up and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And to celebrate, your sore ass cheek needs my face tatted on it. Okay? Yes. That's, As David that's said, he's going to pull together the design. Don't worry about that part, okay? It'll, <laughs> good it'll be good that's the worst segue in the history of segue. no actually that was a phenomenal segue i'm really proud of you guys so so here's the thing y'all did this it was the first year i know people are talking to y'all about it y'all probably talking yeah. to you. so what's up like next year what we doing what we doing? even if we're out of pandemic what's up i mean here's the thing i believe that the way that people experienced this is a way, legitimate way for, <clears throat> excuse me, for people to experience entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily a way that people have had to experience entertainment before by driving through because you haven't had to do it. Yeah, yeah. But we delivered a full entertainment experience to these folks. Mm-hmm. There was lights, there was music, there was a live DJ, there were uh, projections, you know, yeah. the, uh, the, all the things. Yeah. All the things that go into it. There was a dancing Santa. I mean, like, there was a lowrider pulling a sleigh. Like these are just Damn, I all the things were there. God, you missed that. I missed the lowrider, fam. You didn't see the low. It was on the way out, bro. You literally could not have missed. They it. weren't pulling it when I when I came through. You literally, like as you left, he was blinking a lot at that time. Yeah, I must have been it. The lights were too bright. No, that's what it was. Um, but it was all of those things, and I completely forgot where I was. What I was saying. Well, it, well, as we think about next year, right? Um, oh yes, next year. Because people were people were legitimately saying like, um, are they going to extend? Like, what's going on? Um, how y'all? How can I? How can I? How can I reach the organizers? Right? Y'all got named the organizers, right? At this point, <laughs> you know, it's not just. Are you talking about David? Call producers. Yeah, producers. It's, it's fine. No, it's I mean, like, um, um, talk to my assistant. Um, <clears throat> what do you think, David? We doing this again or not? Nah? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm I'm always the crazy human being that uh, before I delivered this one, I was already designing next year's. So. <laughs> as as <laughs> I, as I, yeah, we we've already he and I have already had conversations about how we expand um, on next year and what are the elements that we add to make next year's uh, pop even more. Yeah. Not just for those. To your point, it we hopefully will not be in the midst of a of a pandemic that restricts our ability to congregate. Uh, And if that's the case, you know, that does mean that we have to take into account there is an audience of folks that are going to want to walk. And I think that the key to all of these events that are being created right now 
is create experiences for your different audiences. And so there is going to have to be a reality in which there is a more walkable and a drivable experience because those are two distinct audiences. But I mean, you know, we're doing this again. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm talking about. Fellas. um, One again, thank you for, for your creativity. Thank you for uh, your innovation. Thank you for your energy. And, um, and thank you for, 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 building community because that's essentially what this what this absolutely was um you guys are dope you're dope personified really grateful for that appreciate you thank you yeah absolutely um damani i know this is a special um episode of casually creative uh to cover something that just had happened um but also i wanted to know david hasn't gotten to do a quickly creative Truly is not. And I think we need to baptize him into it. You think so? I think so. Are you, I mean, am I I'm ready. The song? I'm ready. You got the song. You got the song. Okay, I got the fire. So here's, here's a special segment that we have, David, um, where um, our guests who come on, mm-hmm. uh, we, you know, we got the story. We got your origin story. We talked about the dope stuff that you done done. Now, we hit you with some rapid fire, hot fire, straight off the dome, quickly creative. Quickly creative. Ah, beautiful. Okay, yeah. so you're probably confused <laughs> about what that just was. I understand. Um, so we don't we don't really have a theme song for this part. Yeah. <laughs> We don't have a theme song, so we create it every time. It's a brand new song every time. Nice. Nice. Right. Uh, and that was, I'd, I'd give that a six, five and a half, maybe. Oh, I, was, I was trying to go for like love of comic books, and I was trying to, yeah. um, I would try to channel like a nod to right. the only good X Men TV show that's ever existed, which was the animated one back in the uh, 90s. You guys, you, about that one, Dave, right. there. what, 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 we what could, other we have a conversation about that? That's a different episode. <laughs> I want to hear that one eventually. We're gonna get there. Um, but so here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna hit you with some questions, rapid fire. You just gotta give me the first thing that comes to you. You ready for this? I, I think I am. Okay, yeah, that's right. It. You are you're gonna be ready because it's a coming quickly creative in three, two, one, gorilla or orangutan. Ooh, gorilla, yeah, all the way. DC or Marvel? No, Marvel, all the way. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Going with that Marvel theme, sticking with that Marvel theme. Favorite group: X Men or Avengers? Ooh, X Men, first love. Okay. Favorite X Men saga or specific storyline? Ooh, uh, Extinction Agenda illustrated specifically by Jim Lee, which had multiple uh, illustrators on it, but the Jim Lee component. Jim Lee's in the Pantheon. He's got to be in the Pantheon. Everybody's got to I mean, it's just how that works. Just how that works. All right, cool. Beer or wine? Mm. Ooh, uh, beer. I'll do beer. Favorite artistic medium? Uh, acrylic. Dries fast. Gets it done. That's really good. That's good. That's good. Um, favorite art to business translation? Ooh, art to business. Well, besides Marvel Studios, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's probably the best example <laughs> there is. I'll just go with that. <laughs> right. No, no, no. The whole MCU um, world is a perfect case in point of that happening. Yeah. Well, um, worst one, actually. Mm, worst one. Oh, I hate to. I hate talking bad about folks. <laughs> I'll offer um, it up if you don't. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, hey, D- DC rules TV, uh, but they have not done so well with the uh, with the cinema with the with I mean, big screen. It. We can call a spade a spade. Land one. We can yeah. call it a spade. But, and also, the TV is 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 campy. At bit. like I watch it all, yeah, yeah. but it's so campy. Like yeah. it's so cheap. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the arrow oh, yeah. verse. Yeah. yeah. 
they've had some wins cinematically, you know, Christopher Reeves, Superman, and you got your Batman with uh, Michael Keaton, yeah. you know, and the relaunch with uh, with Christian Bale was not bad, at least the first and second one. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, they just haven't been consistent. I know? think Gal Gadot's uh, Wonder Woman has been one of those shining stars in the middle of some pretty mediocre but then they put her in justice league and that just screwed that up yeah but no no okay so um here we go we got another one coming out 19 uh what is it wonder woman 1985 or 84 whatever it is 85 yeah so what that looks promising oh yeah the wonder woman movies i'm good with it's like whenever they put her with yeah those, uh, like you know the ensemble that man yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. Last uh, thing. Yeah. Last one. Last one. Get ready. Get ready. You ready for this? You ready for this? Twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Well, gee. On <laughs> that. You know, flipping the calendar doesn't mean that it's now a much better year, though. Yeah. <laughs> right. We all acting like that's the truth. <laughs> I, is that, that not how that works? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Y2K taught us that. Uh, so, man, man, uh, yeah. <laughs> listen, man, this has been casually creative, quickly creative. Thank you, David, for coming on with us. Jay Damani Daniel, thank you for being Jay Damani Daniel. Uh, this is a part where you get to brag on yourself a little bit, David. Uh, you got any braggables, any pluggables out there you want to talk about? What do you want the people to know? Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, not the, no major projects coming up, uh, that I can, uh, that I can push, but you know, you can always find me on, uh, drgorilla.com, uh, or, uh, look up, uh, Dr. Gorilla Paints, DR Gorilla Paints, uh, hashtag or at, uh, if you want to know more about me, you can find me on those, uh, socials with that, with that handle. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Thank you again for coming on. Damani, you got any parting words, brother? Uh, one thing that I've learned through through uh, co-producing Tinsel with David is that, you know, it really is about the squad. So if there's an idea that you've been sitting on as we approach the end of the year, um, find your squad. Find the folks that are going to come alongside and can take parts of the vision and make it better parts of the vision. So um, it's exciting to see what 2021 is going to look like, not because I think there's a flip of the page and everything is better, but because we learned a lot in 2020 and we can figure out how to take those things that we learned in 2020 and uh, use them as stepping stones to create dope shit in 2021. Dope, dope, dope. All right, yo, this has uh, been a special episode, Tinsel, of Casually Creative. Uh, this is your guy, Byron Sanders, and then this other dude. Uh, Jay, Jamarcus, Damani Daniel. <laughs> Not his name. Y'all stay dope. Thank you, guys. Casually Creative was produced by Heather Daniel of SweetRebel.com. Its intro and outro music were composed by Ezekiel Daniel and produced by Marcus Reddick and Dean Talbert. Feel free to check us out online at www.casuallycreative.co. Everyone living is a type of creative. Everyone's got a man that they can create. Some people code them, but some people are speaking. If you can see it in your mind, you can make it.